The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their warhammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 202. It's the palindrome episode coming yes. at you right here. Yeah, 202. We won't have another one of those until 303. So Yeah, it's, it's the radar race car of uh, a Rough House episode. <laughs> or my personal favorite, Taco Cat. Talk- yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm Marty. And I am Christoph. And uh, now that you've learned what a palindrome is, if you didn't already know, hopefully you did at this point if you're yeah. listening to our show. Yes. Yeah. We, we Look, we recognize we discuss stupid things in ridiculous ways, but we think our listenership is kind of smart. Yeah. Big, well, yeah. 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 I would big. like to I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, well, that being said, Chris, I wanted to take a moment here at the top of the show just to, to very quickly dig into something that I, I think has been very important to us. Um, you know, people who have listened to the show over the past few years, you know that there's been really something that's been eating at both Chris and I. Chris has been a little bit more verbal about it. Yeah. But, but you know, it, there, there, was, there was a real problem in this world that we just could not wait to see wrapped up and vanquished. Um. It, there were times throughout where it looked like we were going to finally see an end to it and not so much, but this week we finally got word. We can all rest easy. And by that, of course, I mean, the undertaker is finally retiring at survivor <laughs> series oh, man. later this month. You fucking had me going. I was, I was racking my brain to figure out what the payoff of that setup was going to be. And I didn't know which direction you were taking. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll, I, I, <laughs> I, uh, was was there something else that fit that description? No, no I don't think so. No, I it's mean, been look, a, it's been a pretty I, I quiet recognize... news week. I recognize when we get into this whole issue with The Undertaker, uh, our listeners, some probably tune out. They're like, look, this is not what I come to a pro wrestling podcast for. There are two sides to this. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a two-side system in terms of, and, and uh, of, some, of The Undertaker. Some who here. are pro Undertaker, I assume, are good people. You know what? I, maybe, um, you know, it, I guess uh, Eric the Gorehound. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you're, you're, the, you're the one. OK, yeah, you're the yeah. one in uh, 31 and one uh, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I it's just another gimmick and stunt. I'm not fucking buying it. <laughs> but Chris, this is the final farewell. How many fucking farewells does this guy get? Final Farewell is a full-on Final Fantasy level naming convention that Jesus I, I Christ. I, so how I, many how many nation worldwide uh, uh, audience led fan approved fellatio sessions does this undead zombie fuck 
get. And you know what? I, I, I get at least the concept therein of he lost the streak to Brock Lesnar, got hurt in that match, mm-hmm. didn't want to leave his legacy there. Okay, cool. So then you had the match with, uh, with Bray Wyatt. Ooh. Excellent moment to pass the spooky torch. Was that, one the, was that the spooky projector match? No, no, no. That was that was with uh, Randall Keith Orton. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. I call him by his Christian name. Thank you. Um, yep. uh, <laughs> not to be confused with Christian's Christian name, which is Christian. Peeps. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Christian Peep Cage. Yes. Um, <laughs> that two weeks with a Christian Cage reference, by the way. <laughs> I think so. I, I think so. <laughs> Excellent work. Everyone here at the Rough House. The, me, Chris, the entire staff behind the scenes. We're all really... <laughs> I will spit out my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're really knocking it out of the park lately. Uh, but, you know, there there, there was that. Then, uh, oh, God, I'm trying to remember if I have the order of this right. It was the Roman Reigns one-on-one match where he actually left his hat and coat in the ring. Right. But that was a dog turd of a match, so he had to come back again. And then he had the Cena match, which was more just wasn't a match. Yeah, I can't classify match. that as we a didn't match. Even, we didn't even know it was going to be a match until the actual day of the show, and that was more just John Cena eats a choke slam and a tombstone, and then all these weird Saudi appearances and like the tag match with him and Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon last year. Uh, I don't yeah, even remember that. That, that was, was that, that was Saudi- Extreme Rules, uh, and if I remember right, that was after. The uh, the match with Goldberg, um, because it was kind of a redemptive match for The Undertaker. Well, th- that's the thing. Yeah. Okay, because half of these matches that he's had post uh, yes. WrestleMania 30 yeah. have been attempted makeups for fuckery and shitty matches. Why are you wheeling this guy out? To, 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 you have a 50-50 shot of him uh, falling on his head and or crushing uh, Goldberg's neck in a botched uh, pile driver sort of move. So <laughs> what what is the risk to reward to having this old fuck limp out, try and try and, you know, take five minutes to climb his old ass into the ring and, you know, maybe murder himself or somebody else in the ring. And then maybe – the the standard the bar is so fucking low. It really is. It's so uh, especially low. now. Especially and it, now. And, and you're look, still not guaranteed the, to get over that low bar. The boneyard match with AJ Styles. Mwah, perfect. A well, hell of a way to perfect. Cl- well, yeah. For for what it was and what it could have been. That is that is the 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 piece de resistance. The cherry on top. The way to close it up. This guy is choking on cherries on top. Okay, exactly. There's, there's been enough fucking cherries. Okay, we, we have a little fucking able- Pac-Man turning the ghost blue, <laughs> trying to chase after the fucking cherries. There's enough fucking cherries, Mark. Okay, <laughs> mean Mark, skyscraper Mark. Okay, fuck off. Fuck off. Enjoy your money. Okay, enjoy your money. Donate it to whichever asshole uh, political candidate you want to. It's your money. You earned it by, uh, you know, uh, digging holes and reaping souls or whatever the fuck his old stupid catch line was. Johnny Cash was wrong. There's a fucking grave. Go lay down on it and fucking leave us alone. (laughs) If nothing else, I, I will accredit The Undertaker with this. He showed me. In pro wrestling form, what would have happened if the Oceans franchise kept going after 13? You have a good one, a bad one. 
but then the redemptive uh, good one, and then another bad one, and then a yeah, good okay. one. <laughs> okay, so next WrestleMania, we're going to bring in Al Pacino now to, to, to make it better? I mean, look, what else is Al Pacino doing right now? Wah! My name's not That's Alex. It's Alex. Choke Slam, uh, brother. <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, this is a pro wrestling podcast, as you've probably pieced together. And talking about the Undertaker for the past ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's not just us bitching about the Undertaker. It's not. I mean, I could do the whole hour bitching about the Undertaker. You know what, Chris? Here we go. Record is yours. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's too much other good shit to yes, talk about. Yes. The, the 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 primary focus this week, uh, pretty much all hinge on Saturday, uh, as WWE as Linda McMahon finally conceded. No wait, hold on. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> she will she will never concede, no. despite how many times I report her tweets, which I have reported a number of her <laughs> tweets in the past couple of days because I am a petty motherfucker. Yes. Um, yes. and she's. I'm not, she's approaching that level of terribleness that is usually reserved for the aforementioned Undertaker and Vincent Kennedy McMahon, her husband. Yeah. Um, just can we just shoot them all into the fucking sun? Can we do that? Is that is that NASA? Can we get NASA on the line now? Uh, you know, do they have any funding now that uh, you know we can we can we can chill on the space force? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that can simmer Let's... simmer down. We we um, redistribute some of their funds into a rocket. Well, we got to get uh, to January first. That that oh, sorry, January twentieth to be well, more we're, accurate. I'm just uh, you, we're working. We're, we got outlines, okay? They're <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. We're you're, working you're on that. We got, a, we got a to do list, okay? Can we add this to the to do list <laughs> to to take uh to abduct Vincent and Linda McMahon and uh, and mean Mark? Fuck, throw uh whatever Michelle McCool. Throw her in there too. Why not? Um, <laughs> Leave Layla. Blast, totally fine blast with Layla. Blast them into the sun. Blast them all into the sun. <laughs> I, if I never saw or heard from any of those four people again, I'm fucking gravy. <sighs> yeah, no disagreement here. But anyway, WWE this week definitely took a back seat because we're just building towards uh, Survivor Series. We're building towards on the TakeOver front for NXT. Uh, per, uh, very easily presumed war games between Undisputed Era and Pat McAfee's group now calling themselves the Kings of NXT. Um, he couldn't come up with a better fucking name than that. Yeah, it's 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 not good, but uh, you know, it, it's because Pete Dunn's in there now, so you have a British thing, so you have somebody. Has the Empire was taken. Is that the, is that the tie-in? The, the, the problem is the Empire. Well, got Birch, taken. Birch is Birch is from the UK as well. Right? Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about the the the, the newly formed and uh, kind of powerful Empire shortly. Right. But the the focus this week, all eyes of the pro wrestling world, was on Saturday. Uh, and it was a long day of professional wrestling, especially if you took the time to watch both shows. I know some people actually made time for three shows on Saturday because of the fact that due to time zone differences, Tokyo Joshi Pro's uh, Wrestle yeah. Princess show, which is like their big show of the year, was airing in between Power Struggle from New Japan and full gear from AEW. So some people made just a full meal out of that day. Um, I, I could say at least personally, I had to watch the big matches on Power Struggle just so I could watch parts of full gear uh, because yeah. I had a show I was hosting and running at the exact same time. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it was a very jam-packed day of pro wrestling. And in turn, this day of pro res is going to be our focus of the show this week. So we should probably start uh, chronologically what kicked it off. And that would be New Japan Pro Wrestling running with Power Struggle. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that music's more appropriate than ever because after the end of Power Struggle, we are literally on the road to Wrestle Kingdom. Everything is falling into place, including kind of a controversial two-night plan for mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom this year. Uh, we're continuing from last year, it being a two-night stand at the Tokyo Dome. We're getting more of it this time. And based off of the fallout of Power Struggle, there's some twists and turns, which we'll get to uh, when we get to that part of discussing the show. Before yeah. the show, uh, earlier on in the week, we did get the official announcement of Best of the Super Juniors, as expected. Uh, it is not a huge group this year. It is uh, one block of 10 yeah, wrestlers, one block of 10 wrestlers. And it's pretty much everyone who's in Japan. Um, the only real surprise was Robbie Eagles. Uh, so we got uh, mm-hmm. Taguchi, Master Wado, who undoubtedly is going to win the whole thing. The number one seed. Yeah. <laughs> show. Robbie Eagles, Hiromu Takahashi, Bushi, El Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Doki, and Taji Ishimori. That's your 10. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, if I may, throw a little bit of scoop into the mix here. Oh, you scooping? I got a bit of scoop. Baskin Robbins over that here. That I have not seen elsewhere, but I, I have seen someone who is a fan in Japan post about this. Dragon Lee okay. was in Japan. Dragon Lee left before his quarantine was complete. I don't know what that means. Ooh, interesting. So so that that's that's some exclusive roughhouse scoopage. So it could probably mean one of two things. Um one is a COVID issue. Yes. Yes. Because he uh currently resides in Mexico. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. So it could be that or it could be, which is probably the more likely, uh a contract issue. Or something along those lines. Yeah. Because you also – didn't you also scoop to me this week that uh, there's a possibility of two people who may be um, shopping around to some WWE comp- – or um, some <laughs> some uh, American companies yes, uh, themselves? Yes, and, and, and Dragon Lee is one of them. I mean it, it, it's worth pointing out Dragon Lee signed his deals with New Japan and Ring of Honor respectively at the beginning of 2020. So <laughs> I don't believe these were multi-year deals. We are getting near contract renewal season. Wouldn't be shocked to see him get picked up, possibly put into NXT, but we will see what happens. There's another name where I think it's a lot less likely, so I don't necessarily want to give credence to it, especially after the way this week go or we yeah. went. But just know that there's some rumors and scuttlebutt about some prominent names from New Japan Pro Wrestling possibly getting sucked up into New York. We'll see where that goes. But what I felt, what I thought was more interesting beyond the best of the Super Juniors news was we are getting another Super J Cup in America. Yeah, they're, uh, you know what, if 2020 is um, losing in anything, it's preventing, it's losing and preventing New Japan from doing all the fucking tournaments. Yes. Because they are, they got brackets for days, kid. Yeah, so the best of the Super Juniors is going to run through November 15th through December 11th. That's when mm-hmm. the finals will occur. And that's concurrent with World Tag League, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes, so we should be getting lineups for that very shortly. But what is, again, particularly interesting, so you have the finals of Best of the Super Juniors on the 11th. On the 12th in the U.S., we are going to get the Super J Cup 2020 with the following first-round matches. Clark Connors, who, of course, mm-hmm. is an L.A. Dojo uh, young, lion, young Lion, going one-on-one with Impact Wrestling's own Chris Bay. Yeah, I've heard good things about this Bay fellow. 
Yeah, uh, he he was definitely uh, on the radar of AEW. Then Impact picked him up. Also interesting to see Impact and New Japan Pro Wrestling pay, play well together. Not the first interesting Impact played yeah. well with another company scenario, which again we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, we are going to have ACH going one on one with TJP. The battle of the guys with three letters, I guess. Can can, can we can we throw um, TJP and Flip Gordon into that rocket to the sun <laughs> as well? We got to add Austin Aries at the same time too. Oh, dude, I, I I unfollowed him today. I couldn't take Austin Aries shit anymore. I couldn't. Yeah. I was like, nope, you're done. You're I, out. I don't blame you. Also, we're gonna have uh, Go one. Be a twat. <laughs> We're going to have one third of the current Ring of Honor six man tag team champions, Ray Horace. Going Hell yeah. GCW's own Blake Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to have Leo Rush uh, go one on one with the Super J Cup 2019 winner, El Fantasmo. So that's your opening round matches for this J Cup. Yeah. So ELP is British, right? Uh, no, he's Canadian. Oh, he's Canadian. Yes, yes. Oh, why he, did I think uh, he he British? did gain prominence in the UK? Okay, but right, well, he, he is from Vancouver originally. Gotcha. Okay, so right. um, it's a little bit easier then. Yes. Uh, also, just kind of an interesting note: December twelfth, uh, Kenta will be on that show in the U.S. It's Kenta and uh, Hukulo against Carl Fredericks and Ren Narita in non-tournament action. Okay. All right. So Kenta is going to be in the states. Kenta hmm. Hmm. It's going to hmm. be in the States. Anyway, yeah. just some interesting things f- coming from New Japan in terms of forthcoming junior tournament action, which is uh, important that they start building that up because we had a show on Saturday in Power Struggle that had nary a junior to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm trying to think of um, who nobody. Yeah. Was, was there not a single one? No, it was all straight heavyweights, all straight singles matches, six matches. Uh, I believe everything was for a title or a title shot with one yeah. with one uh, notable difference. Uh, so the show kicked off with a fight for the provisional 2020 King of Pro Wrestling Championship. It was a no quarter pads match between Toro Yano <laughs> and Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Um, is kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Yano going to Yano and, you know, ZSJ going to ZSJ. And I think yes. when they meet in the middle, there's some fun stuff that happens. And, um, you know, Yano out Yano to uh, ZSJ here and picked up a, a count out victory. Yes, yes. So he continues to be the uh, King of Pro Wrestling champion. Again, uh, to be the full-on King of Pro Wrestling, you just need to retain it through the end of the calendar year. Right. So there's a high possibility at this point that Toro Yano will be our King of Pro Wrestling. I mean, who who are we to argue? <laughs> very, Two very schlubs? True. In very, fucking Baltimore, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I I can't fuck with that. How you gonna? I want to buy some of his curry. I wanna <laughs> I wanna give it. I wanna give it a roll. I wonder if he sells that shit on Amazon. I can um, actually am I, interested. In I know buying some it. places where you can get it. I, if, oh, if, if you got some like fucking, it fell off the back of a truck, eh? Yeah, 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 hey, I know, hey, Bobby, hey, I know a guy. Hey, he's making some sauce. <laughs> he's gonna find some of uh, Toriano's uh, curry sauce. It yeah, fell off the back yeah. of the truck. You don't want to mix it with the gravy. It's, hey. it's a different kind of taste. Yeah, you want it's the, it's the curry. Oh, a little bit. Hey, 
Um, Coconut milk. I don't know. <laughs> for the Never Open Weight Championship, we had a roughhouse special. It was Shingo Takagi going against champion Minoru Suzuki. Shingo wins in just about 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. Very good match. Uh, I saw some not their spe- best. Not their best. I saw some speculation that uh, Suzuki got knocked out towards the end of the match. Yeah, I, I saw that um, as well, and it did look like <clears throat> it, it, the end of the match. It, it didn't seem like it was the end of the match. Like it, it kind of came abruptly mm-hmm. to me as I was watching. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know the dude uh, Shingo's the dude. He he should be the guy to 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 fly that never flag uh, until they are finally ready to pull the trigger on him being IWGP champion. Um, you know, yeah. Whenever that happens, whenever hopefully, that happens, uh, hopefully he, sooner rather than later. You know, it's not. He might, uh, he might join uh, Hiroki Goto on the bridesmaid never a bride. You so shut we'll your see. whore mouth. We, we will see. Uh, Kazuchika Okada defeated Great Okan with the uh, money clip. This was okay. <laughs> this was uh, aggressively okay. Yeah, I I still am not sold on the money clip. Yes, uh, especially on such a big man like Okan there. Yeah, uh, but I liked, I, I enjoyed watching Okan. I think he put on a put on a solid performance. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know that was that was a stopgap until he, the real beef is in Osprey versus uh, versus Okada here, and yeah. uh, with the post match comments with uh, so Osprey was out there the whole time doing and, uh, his best Ric Flair cosplay. Yeah, essentially, yeah, <laughs> a three thousand pound suit and a yeah. ten thousand pound watch, drinking a two thousand pound bottle of champagne or something like that. And he even uh, threw his uh, his, uh, his his watch. Suit co- well, was watching his suit coat into the crowd. Yeah, was, yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. he was definitely, definitely, uh, definitely challenging. Nate I was there. waiting for him to do a standing shooting star in his own <laughs> coat jacket. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yes come on billy you'll really be the goat uh if you do that uh by the way yes. uh congratulations to will osprey on now um being the proud owner of the worst pro wrestling t-shirt ever definitely, created definitely one of the worst i mean it's it's leaps and bounds worse than the master wado way to the grandmaster shirt yes which yes. i think previously uh was the title holder uh, there. at least from from the new japan side of things I, i've seen some pretty horrible wrestling shirts over the years um the the uh, infamous old apa always pounding ass one is definitely oh, that's way better than this <laughs> yeah. way better yeah uh, for those who haven't seen it on pro wrestling tees one God bless you for not having uh, experienced yeah. this. Uh, it, it, it says there's an eggplant emoji in yes. there. It, it, with, with, when you read uh, the eggplant emoji and everything, it says slick Billy with the big Willie. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Come I on. Thought, man. I thought Billy goat was bad. If anybody buys that and I see them in the street, <laughs> you won't. I'm going to pick a fight. <laughs> you won't. The people I, who will buy know. this are shut ins and Brits. <laughs> And possibly shut in Brits. Yeah. So, so, so pack? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah. <laughs> quarantine? Everybody's shut in right now because that country's locked the fuck down. Yeah, that's true. So, so, so there's that. But, Paul, uh, but yeah. Is Paul going to buy it? Paul, if you buy it, DM us. Paul, don't buy it. <laughs> don't buy it. Please don't. <laughs> don't. Please don't. Um, Just keep that Patreon going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so, yeah. Uh, we're going to get Okada versus Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. They didn't specify which night, um, and I don't even know when we're going to find that out. If not, you know, the week prior. But uh, but that's that's in the cards. They cut 
back and forth pro not a back and forth but they each had a chance to cut their promos in their respective languages mm-hmm. and osprey just being a dick saying i can't understand you <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile kind seemed like he was uh, picking up what he was putting down a little bit there but uh but yeah so that that'll be that'll that'll be fun um but uh yeah it, it kind of makes you think why did you have this big heavy be brought in to uh to lose to, so for, quickly to lose so quickly it was yeah. it was but I guess, you know, it's Okada. So I guess that's my that's your reasoning. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, Okada <laughs> is the god upon which uh, all are sacrificed. So uh, that, that happy birthday, too. To, yes. Uh, to yeah. Well, today to little Kazu. I know. I know he's listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he's just going, I don't understand this. I don't. We actually I, I think I read somewhere in a tweet that um, this podcast and the police academy movies are what taught uh, Okada <laughs> English. <laughs> you know what? That makes perfect sense. You know, uh, if it worked for Cassandra, it can work for Kazu. <laughs> Continuing on uh, in the right to challenge contract match for the IWGP U.S. Championship, Kenta defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi, pretty much clean. Yeah. Absolute shocker of a result, but uh, uh, great moment for Kenta. This was probably his best match he's had in New Japan full stop. Um, Hard to argue. At least uh, up in the upper echelon. The only thing I could think of by comparison was that G1 night one match with Ibushi in Texas. Um, Mm. That's the only other thing I can think of. But, uh, you know. Tanahashi's one of the greatest pro wrestlers alive. I'm sure he could make us look good. Hell yeah. Even in a handicap match, which are never good. Uh, he can make us look good. So, uh, of course, he's going to be able to make a guy who was, at least in the beginning of the 2000s, one of the best wrestlers in the world. So, um, that you know, definitely not a shock it was great, but uh, happy to see that it was just the same. Then we got controversial as the right to challenge contract match number two of the night. This time for the double titles at Wrestle Kingdom. It was Jay White versus Kota Ibushi and holy fucking shit. Jay White wins blocking a Kamigoye using a backslide with his feet on the ropes that the ref didn't see <clears throat> winning the whole thing. Now, I just want to start this by saying Jay White and Ibushi had an incredible match and their chemistry is out of this world. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I very much enjoyed it up until that moment. <laughs> but that finish. Whew, that's a heartbreaker right there. It legitimately dropped my jaw. I, yeah. I, I literally I had that reaction where my mouth was just sitting agape, um, just waiting to be filled with a bushy. Um, <laughs> and I felt so like the, the, the reaction shots of Koda, uh, sad Abushi broke my heart. Yeah, I was I was so sad for the guy. Um, and, you know. It's very on brand for Jay White to have uh, cheated to win mm-hmm. sort of things after, you know, Ibushi spent most of the match looking over his shoulder for Gato and 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 uh, trying to, to counter that and doing so successfully at most of the points uh, yeah. up until this one time was just one little, um, you know, one little slip and it it, it slips away. Uh, in, in thinking about it now in retrospect, um, I like it 
because, you know, Ibushi still gets the honor and credit of winning back to back G1s right. and having that performance in the G1. Um, Jay White gets the credit for outsmarting, I guess, you know, outsmarting Ibushi isn't really a, a super high bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not known. For, he's, he's known for his looks and his athletic ability, not so much the uh, the mental capacity there. Um but the man hates it, books. I mean, yeah, that's all you really yeah. need to know. He hates pretty, books pretty because much. they cause images to form in his mind that he himself didn't create. Yeah, well, he is a god now, so yeah, no, or, he, you know, well, I'm, he, he, I guess he's a demigod now. He's he's Maui. That's who he, <laughs> he is. Got, he got demoted a little bit. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, can you imagine Ibushi versus The Rock in his prime? That'd be fucking dope. It'd be amazing. It'd be fantastic. Um, Stop, but yeah, stop, Chris. I can only get so erect. Come on. Well, I'll work on that for you. <laughs> hey, Patreon. I don't know what I meant. I don't know what I meant by that. Patreon exclusive is what you meant. Uh, anyway, Jay White ends up winning, but there's more, and we'll get there in a second because the main yeah. event of the evening was for the double titles. Third time, not so much the charm uh, for Naito and well, wasn't it? Third time for the belt. Okay, all right. Because, yes, they, they had a match in the G1 and everything. But right, I'm saying third right. time for the double titles. Fourth Evil, time this year. Yes. Evil versus Naito. Um, I would say in the three title matches we've had so far, this was the second best, but it's still... It started off well enough, and then it just got ridiculous with all the run-ins and interference and everything. Thankfully, yeah. Naito retains the belts. Post-match, Jay White comes out. Says well, Jay White came out earlier well, as well. That's true. That's true. In the match after the uh, second red shoes bump, I think. Yes, yes, you're correct. <laughs> he came out, uh, looked to maybe uh, hit a Blade Runner on Evil, but then did not, and then uh, hit tried to hit one, or did he hit one on Naito? I don't even uh, remember. He had a dragon suplex on Naito. A dragon suplex on Naito, but then out comes Ibushi, chases yeah. off Jay White right. uh, into the back, and then the finish of the the match happens. Naito hits a Destino or two and picks up the uh, the three count for mm-hmm. for the victory. So afterwards, um, Jay White makes his way back out in the middle of Naito's promo mm-hmm. and just uh, basically says that now that he's the contract holder for the Wrestle Kingdom title shot, that he's going to take take the first night off. He's going to take off the night of January 4th, right. um, you know, keep himself fresh for the championship match for the double titles on the 5th of January. Mm-hmm. And during this promo, which, again, Naito is Japanese and does not speak English, uh, he, he did a great job of kind of just fucking with him, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was was really funny because um, he essentially – I mean I'm sure he knew what was going on because right. it's pro wrestling. But, right. you know, in, in storyline-wise. So um, that's what it looked like what happened. And then uh, Ibushi came out towards the end again to uh to chase jy off in those uh those evil abushi that blank stare that i just you know murder abushi murder abushi act you know here's your problem you have a switch to evil (laughs) yeah exactly exactly (laughs) that's essentially what uh jay white did yesterday (laughs) to kota abushi he flipped the switch on his back there but what is interesting is in the fallout to this, there was a press conference in the wee hours of this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you want to just make it a very long day. You could have watched Power Struggle, watched Full Gear, then watched the press conference 
post-power yeah. struggle, uh, where Jay White again reiterated he's taking the fourth off and he's going to defeat Naito for the belts on January 5th. Naito, he has his own bit in the press conference where he says he's giving a shot to Ibushi on January 4th because of his help in helping him retain the belts. Now, yeah, good guy, Naito. Good guy, Naito. And I, and I understand you need two marquee main events to sure. make two nights of Wrestle Kingdom work. I will also argue that this is a really goofy way to get there. Well, it, it kind of makes – it's it's a balancing act of Naito seeming uh, honorable and stupid at the same time. <laughs> I get that. But if I may, I, I think there, there could be some consideration, especially if Wrestle Kingdom is going to continue to be – a two night weekend thing, uh, break up the belts, not necessarily break up the belts. You could break up the belts. I'm going to go with this. The two finalists of the G one, both get title shots at wrestle kingdom, but the winner gets the shot on the fifth. He gets a day Hmm. off. So you have this idea that you are always building to two and it makes winning the block all the more important. Because if you look back at the G1 this year, the finals were Abushi and Jay White. So mm-hmm. my thought process is not unlike how. Well, no, uh, Sonata. Oh, uh, uh, oh, you know what? You're right. That's that. That was what it was because they yeah. were the the uh, they were the block final. Um, right. My apologies, but nevertheless, what I'm getting at is right. this idea of much how we have these matches in WWE where it's about being number 30 in the rumble. Sure. So you can get that spot at WrestleMania. Why not make it this thing where it is just as prestigious to get to the block final as it is to get to the actual finals. And I recognize the block finals because it's round Robin tend to be a, a, a bit more, scatter plotted and that sort of thing but to be in the actual final to be the winner of a block and the winner of b block i feel like that should be celebrated a little bit more and it gives you a natural connection into that two-day wrestle kingdom that doesn't feel as much as if you're adding messy drama just so you have <laughs> storyline for two nights of shows yeah, I mean, there you know there are a handful of ways that they could have gotten here, um, but because uh, we were you know texting yesterday after yeah. after Power Struggle, like all right, so how does this how does how does this play out? Right, and then we we see how it did, and we I, I think we both kind of sc- okay, <laughs> yeah, we're scratching our head like, yep, this is this is a way, that, <laughs> this that, is that a is way to get there, a way to get there. Um, I don't know if it's the best way, but they got there. And you have your two marquee matches. It's going to be Naito and Ibushi on night one and the winner against Jay White on night two. I'm going to guess it's Ibushi who goes all the way throughout the entire two night stand. I think you're right, because that's kind of the better payoff of a story. I mean, there's not not a ton of story between White and Naito. Um, So... You know, the the story there is Ibushi getting his win back over White and doing that at the match, you know, the the, the match the contract was for is right. the perfect, perfect payoff. Um, so, yeah, that you know, they might surprise us. I'm sure Gato has a lot of different uh, uh, things plotted out in between now and then or uh, options for that night. 
uh, depending on what happens. And, you know, a lot can change in two months as we uh, are very, <laughs> very well aware of at this point in life. Yes. But, um, but yeah, that's that's what my gut is telling me as well, that uh, that Ibushi will beat Naito. And again, Naito and Ibushi have their own storied um, past mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be all the neck drops on yes. night one. Yeah. And then night two will be, you know, it'll 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 be interesting. Uh, you know, we were going to watch either way, but it's an interesting wrinkle. But storyline wise, that's that's where my gut's telling me it goes. Yeah, no, no disagreement at all. But that was one of the two big shows this weekend. And the other one, of course, came from our friends <laughs> at AEW. As we had the second annual full gear uh, coming at us live from Jacksonville, Florida. But of course, before we got there, that we did have a dynamite this week. Not the biggest dynamite ever, especially for a go home show. Really, the biggest news that you could say going into full gear beyond, uh, you know, a, a really stacked card, beyond uh, an amazing promo segment between John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, which was yeah. one of the best face off pre match promos I've ever seen. Uh, the news that Cody. Got his last name back. Yeah, WWE dropped their copyright or trademark claim on um, on the Rhodes name. So, you know, they they had found a way to get around it for a while. Cody and Brandy Rhodes, because Brandy could use Rhodes. And um, th- was Dustin using Rhodes? Um, Dustin I think he was. was yes. Yeah. Yes. So Which, so now now a little Cody, weird, but you know it was yeah. what it was. Um, now now Cody's back as Cody Rhodes. So yes, yes. you know. Which good, is funny because he did he did press stuff this week where he was like, eh, I'm not going to use it in the ring. And then literally on, on Saturday night when Justin Roberts was doing his intro, he was American yeah. Nightmare, Cody yeah. Rhodes. They had to yeah. underline it there. But uh, Full Gear was a massive show running nearly four hours in length, five if you count the buy-in. Um, Dude, the show is too fucking long. <laughs> I'm just going to come out and say it, man. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, I, I, I like – the fact that they're not doing them monthly, the pay-per-views, yes, yes. I mean, uh, it makes, you know, the builds seem more important to these matches, but there was too many matches and each match went too fucking long. I'm just going to look I, I, and I may be in the minority here. I don't think I enjoyed full gear as as much as many other people did last night. Um, and there could be a variety of reasons which we'll get into behind that. But I'm just going to start out by saying I'm I'm not coming out of that saying, well, that was the best pay-per-view I've ever seen sort of situation yeah, yeah, that I'm, yeah, yeah. See, I'm seeing a lot of takes like that on Twitter. Though. I, I, I'm but, seeing that as well. I'm uh, and and I admit I watched, let's call it the first two thirds of the show, uh, it, you know, glance out of my eye volume yeah. low because, again, I was. I was running my own show and I have not had the opportunity to, to go back and watch what I missed, uh, you know, with fresh eyes. Um, but there are some matches I absolutely adored, some that I clearly did not adore as much as others and a match or two that frankly disappointed. But we'll, yeah. we'll get into it. It kicked off in the buy-in. We had an NWA Women's World Championship match between Serena Deeb and the debuting in AEW, Allison Kay. I thought this was a perfectly fine match. Um, it, it, it was not, you know, this... Uh, cooking in all cylinders, barn burner of a throwdown. But uh, I thought it was a good showcase for Kay. I thought Serena Deeb ended up looking really good at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for what it intended to do, all aces for me, totally fine with it, delivered just well. I don't know if yeah. it's the type of match that made people go, you know what, I wasn't going to order that pay-per-view, but now I am. Um, 
Yeah, I will will agree with you with that. Um, But also, I will say, uh, and again, hot take inbound, this was the best women's match on the show. No disagreement. No disagreement whatsoever. And and we'll discuss a little bit more of our opinions on that as as we go on. Uh, Allison K should be signed right now. Just saying. Yeah, because her contract with – who was she signed? Was she signed with NWA? She was signed with NWA. It's up. Just fucking pay her, Tony. Do the thing. Yeah. Um, Post-match – Thunder Rosa came out to her Soulfly esque theme, and oh, uh, the Soulfly drop, my dude. Yes, um, talk about language. <laughs> gotten in Serena Deeb's face, so clearly we're gonna have a rematch. Whether that is in the UWN thing or Dynamite, we shall see. But the show kicked off with kind of a surprise, uh, not one that I think people were necessarily losing their shit over, but certainly one that makes your eyebrow quirk up a bit mm-hmm. as. Joining the booth for the opening match, making it a four-person booth, which, I'll be honest, worked not terribly compared to other multi-person wow. booths that they've had. Uh, but joining Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Jim Ross, Don Callis, billed and mentioned by name as being the EVP of Impact Wrestling. Yeah, that was a uh, – it was interesting enough to see him on a pre-record uh, talking about the match on Dynamite. I'm like, yeah. oh, wow. Okay, interesting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there are implications that are, uh, you know, considered here. Is is there some kind of now working relationship between Impact and AEW? Or is this just EVP Kenny Omega bringing in his friend um, because they have history? too. He's right. Yes. Yeah, the Winnipeg connection. Right. Uh, you know, the I'm trying to come up with a better, clever name for it, but something yeah. alliterative. I can't think of any uh, any fun W but, words. But what I will say is in the course of a calendar week, we saw New Japan work with Impact, Impact work, work with AEW. Mm-hmm. We're getting a little warmer, everybody. Yeah. And, and I will say. Uh, to to echo uh, Roughhouse Godfather Justin Schlegel just a few weeks ago on this very show, the play is the women's division. You want your your Jordan Grace, you want your Deanna mm-hmm. Brazos on AEW television. Full stop. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I, I I think it would be a great connection for everybody if they can make it work. But nevertheless, the show kicked off with very surprisingly the finals of the Eliminator tournament between. Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. This was my favorite match of the night. Full stop. I know people will argue for other matches. I freaking loved this match. This was uh, a G1 block match on an AEW show. Two guys coming out, beating each other's ass, going full, well, full gear from the jump and just, just delivering high quality, high impact professional wrestling i adored it yeah no i it's hard to argue with with what you just said i did miss the first couple minutes of it due to some um br live connection issues um but once it uh you know once once it got kicking and it was like like you said it was very new japan-esque because sure they come out of the gate hot then there was some outside of the ring um guardrail stuff Mm -hmm. and then they go back into the ring and start really fucking cranking it up and, and, and beating the shit out of each other. And, uh, and that they did. And, uh, I will, you know, admit that I, I thought it was going to be page, yeah. uh, to pick it up here. I was, I was incorrect though. Uh, as soon as, as soon as he had him up, 
as soon as Omega had Paige up in the one winged angel, I'm like, all right, here we go. It's over. If he hits this, it's over because nobody is kicked out of the one winged angel. Um, and I knew this wasn't the time to do it. Um, so, so yeah, but it was a really good match. Getting there was really good. There were a number of, uh, you know, of, of just crazy spots and high impact moves and some false finishes in there. And, uh, it was, it was a very, very good pro wrestling match. Yeah. Uh, absolutely tremendous. And just enough left in the tank that, you know, there's a round two and a round three. Yeah. They're going to blow this one away. So hats off to Kenny Omega, to Adam page. They took what was a long awaited match and delivered on it. Mm hmm. Unlike maybe a match later on in the show, which again, we'll get there. Match number two, Orange Cassidy going one-on-one with John Silver. I'm going to say something here that might be controversial with you. Hats off to Jim Ross. Wow. Jim Ross. Explain yourself. Jim Ross. How dare you? Who has been at times an asset at times and probably more often... Uh, than, than an asset, an absolute liability to yeah. <laughs> AEW commentary. He knew, yeah, OC's going over. So I'm going to put this John Silver kid over like crazy. And he did. John Silver came out of this match a bigger star through losing than I would have expected. It was definitely a coming out party for the guy. Yeah, yeah. And and it couldn't happen for a better guy. Like this this guy, I know he's been working hard in the indies for forever. He's, you know, whether in Beyond Wrestling or... As an ant, surprise, surprise, he was Silver Ant. Was he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, you know, the, I don't the, remember an ant that's t- that tiny, <laughs> that tiny, and yet also that and jacked, thick. yeah, um, stout. He he really is kind of a 2020 success story, not unlike a man we saw in the main event tonight mm-hmm. uh, or last night, rather. Um, just I I thought this was a very very good match. Uh, and I think it's interesting, especially after hearing um, Tony Khan doing press this week and talking about, you know, the, the the gradual growth of an Orange Cassidy. It feels like they're doing a similar thing with John Silver. They're giving you enough to sink into, but not totally blowing who this character is yeah. yet. You know, th- there's going to be that big moment for John Silver in the future. And the crazy thing is that just a couple months ago. Orange Cassidy was in the position that John Silver's in. And now yeah. OC is the old vet putting over the new kid. Right, right. Which is crazy. <laughs> right. Which also speaks a lot to, to AEW and, and how they're working. Um, because unless you have any further things to say about uh, John Silver and, and Orange Cassidy, I wanted to sort of tie in to something about the match that followed. Okay, yeah, let's move, move on. What One of the most interesting things about the video package for the Darby Allen-Cody Rhodes match, which in and of itself was an adaptation of the one that they did in the countdown show. Those countdown <laughs> shows are great, by the way. They go up to YouTube for free. Highly yeah. recommend them if you just want to kill 44 minutes and, and watch hype videos. Um, one of the things that Cody said kind of made him sound like a little bit of a cocky prick, but also laying out the table of how AEW works. And more importantly, how this TNT title match is going to work was he said, you know, guys like Darby Allen, guys like Sammy Guevara last year, they were the rookies. We're in year two. Now you have to prove whether you're the guy or you're not. Well, we got to see in the Darby Allen, Cody Rhodes match. Darby's going to be the next guy. Yeah. But to tie it back, that makes me think 
Of course. That's why the OC John Silver match was the way it was. Why it got bumped up to the main show. Because it's taking that guy who built his name in year one, Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy, and they're using that to lay the groundwork for the guy who's going to be the OC of year two. And now yeah. OC is established, and John Silver's a guy on the way up. And now we're seeing it with the TNT title. Cody was the guy who established the belt. Yes, they had the, the moment with Brody Lee, which was tremendous in its time. But now yep. Darby's going to be the guy that they build around. And it looks like we're already getting the first few challengers set up as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, but to talk about the match in and of itself, <laughs> this was probably my second favorite of the night. I, I love the growth that Darby Allen has had as a wrestler from guy who lands on shit randomly to just this scrappy, this, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about like a Sami Zayn as an underdog. Darby Allen has that, but it's like a violent underdog. That's, that's the only way I can think to describe it. All, all of his stuff feels very scrappy and, and he's, he's reaching out for every move, every opportunity. He's, you know, he's sinking his, his fingernails into that next moment. And, yeah. and it makes it feel more like a struggle, feel more like a fight. And I absolutely love it. And he's just so explosively quick yes. and, and, you know, in, in his, in his counters and in his, uh, um, you know, moving from transitions into the next moves, stuff like that. Uh, he, it's very fun to watch. And I don't think anybody else would have been able to take a, uh, top rope avalanche crossroads. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, or would agree to. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we're thankful for Darby for that. Um, but yeah, he definitely proved in that match that he belongs there. Yeah. And uh, also a credit to that finish. So often in pro wrestling, we see you do a cradle. I do a cradle. You do right. a cradle. I do a cradle. Indie standoff. Clap, 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 clap. Well, in this instance, you do a cradle. I do a cradle. You do a cradle. I do a cradle. One, two, three. Wait, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Which my, was both the audience and Cody's reaction yes. to what had just happened. Yeah. But I love it, though. But much how AEW is, has sort of, have, uh, sort of um, uh, uh, redefined or reestablished the draw, I'm mm-hmm. totally cool with them bringing back the idea that cradle exchanges can end a match. Yeah. 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 You got to stay on the, you know. Got to stay on the ball at all times. And the other side of the story of the match is Cody, um, you know, kind of going off on his own, not listening to Arn, maybe giving Darby too much rope uh, that that rope was then used by Darby to hang Cody. Uh, you know, there were probably a couple times earlier in that match where Cody could have put him away yeah. uh, for the three count. But um, he went all uh, Cody Rhodes on him and uh, let him let him stick around long enough to beat him. And uh, just randomly, I want to point out Arn Anderson's drip. <laughs> Arn Anderson rocking the no shirt zip up uh, jacket look. He looked like he was hanging out of the f- hanging out outside of the fucking uh, Italian deli in the Sopranos. <laughs> like, like he looked that, like he was that, looking for Bobbert Lasciarelli to show up. That to, was to a look, Arn. That was a look. Yeah, uh, that was. I was like, okay, all right, post-match. somebody big pussy Arn Anderson there. <laughs> <laughs> not saying anything about his toughness. I'm talking about no, the Sopranos. No, no, no. Sorry. I like it. Uh, Uncle Junior Arn Anderson. <laughs> post-match, here comes Team Taz. Taz looking and sounding all the more like Paul Heyman as the years go on. Um, <laughs> was yelling at Dobby. Um, uh, and that served as a distraction as Brian Cage and Ricky Starks came out. Beat down Darby and Cody. 
Uh, Brian Cage carried uh, Allen to the outside. Uh, Cage ended up throwing, uh, throwing, throwing. He threw him. Uh, yeah, he threw him. Uh, he threw Darby Damn Allen through <laughs> through the full gear sign, which means we now have a trope for full gear, which is someone's got to go through the sign. Yeah, but it didn't look as good as uh, Omega and um, uh, and Moxley, Mox. Yeah, it looked true. like wasn't it last year? It was like some kind of sugar glass or something like right, that, that. Right, right. This, this year was like a yeah. plank, plank, uh, a wooden plank, particle board, and it just didn't didn't have the same yeah, impact. He, he just knocked down the the the. the circle of logo that's really yeah what it was. essentially essentially um and then uh uh starks and uh, uh cage uh, continued to beat down darby allen uh and almost slammed darby's arm into the car door because uh, yeah uh darby did the uh i guess daily's place staple now of a random car entrance for a big match yeah um, but will hobbs made the save with a chair so i assume we're gonna get darby and hobbs against uh cage and starks this week or maybe the week after on dynamite yep um, i'm also starting to wonder if will hobbs is gonna join team taz oh okay think it might happen yeah i i, I think it's certainly possible Okay. Another note from that whole post-match scrum is that when they were still in the ring, um, Ricky Starks and uh, Brian Cage were kind of tug-of-warring over that TNT title. So maybe Mm -hmm. some some dissension starting to sow the seeds within Team Taz. Uh, Both fellows want that title. I mean, Brian Cage already has the FTW title, but that's not really an AEW title. It's just, uh, you know, something to make the guy look cooler. Um, But... uh, but yeah, so that's uh, another thing to look out for. Just you know, a little peppered in uh, storytelling there. Yes. Uh, we had a quick interview with the Natural Nightmares, who are going to have a match with the Butcher and the Blade on Dynamite this week. It's going to be not a, just a match. Yes, it's going to be a bunkhouse match. Which didn't, And they didn't describe exactly what that means. Yeah, it's a street fight. <laughs> Let's just I mean, be honest. It's, it's the Bunkyard Stampede from old SGW days is a whole other. A whole different thing. Oh, then we had the women's championship match. Uh, Hikaru, uh, the whip, women, women, one of those Chinese. Oh, wait, no, uh, no she's Japanese. Japanese. Uh, Hikaru Shida, uh, defending against Nyla Rose. Uh, first things first, Nyla Rose comes out in an incredible outfit that I was. Less excited about as I made further realization as to what it was. When I first saw her come out, she had like the red uh, sash or whatever on her head. Yeah. I thought she was going Mystique. Okay. And then she yeah. took that off and I looked at the headdress and everything. I was like, oh, she's going 90s Jim Lee, uh, Jean Grey. Jean Grey, yeah. Not so much. It turned out to be Bank Mega Man. It's still nice. It was still a, a cool bit of gear. But man, I was really hoping for some uh, X-Men love there. Yeah, uh, I will uh, co-sign that with you. Uh, and then the match started, and this was the worst match of the night. Yeah. Um, this was a match that went way too long. And, and the thing is, it only went like 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, like I said earlier, I think every match went yeah. about at least five minutes too long. It went too long. There was a moment where there was a very, very good finish, and it just mm-hmm. kept going after. We mm-hmm. had Vicky Guerrero getting involved, which is an absolute fucking non-starter. Uh, there, there wasn't enough, there, there wasn't enough Vicky and Sheeta tension on the road to this to make me actually give a damn about Vicky getting a comeuppance or anything. I just was like, why is she out there? And it looks like 
based off the post-match, they're just going to split up Nyla and Vicky anyway, right. which totally fine with because that is absolutely subtraction by addition there. No one got more over because of that pairing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it well, really was an encapsulation of all of the problems with <laughs> AEW's women's division right now, which is you're trying to give them a lot, but there's not a lot there. Yeah, and I, I think – and I, you know, again, I'm, I might get some heat for this. I don't think the the major problem with this match was in the agenting agenting of it and putting it together. I think it was in the performance because both of the ladies seem to be moving at half speed throughout the majority of the match, yeah. and it made it look super fucking bush league. Yeah. Uh, at a number like you know, she would uh, Sheeta would whip Naya into the ropes and she. Like a lumbering step. I don't know if she yeah, was yeah, blown yeah. up or what or just wasn't putting the effort in. But I could tell there wasn't a lot of effort put in. I mean, Sheeta, to her credit, you know, pulled out some crazy power moves uh, with some suplexes and falcon arrows and shit like that on Nyla Rose, which were cool spots. But uh, and some of the running knees just looked like they were in fucking slow motion. It didn't yeah. look like it hurt at all. I, I was not bought into this match. I think that, you know, part of it was the putting together of the match and everything like you just said. But I think, uh, sadly, the majority of it was on both ladies' performances. And I'm yeah. like I said, I may get some heat for that, but that's just how I saw the match. I, I, I think the we are witnessing more the diminishing returns of – only having like six active women. I know that there is a whole slew of women that they wanted to have in that division that are stuck, unable to appear because of international issues and that sort of thing. And they're doing their best. There's so much about pro wrestling booking in 2020, which is further escalated upon with the general issues that come with running live sports, live entertainment in 2020 due to COVID and, and everything. I get that. But this had very little interest for me in general, and this is a guy mm -hmm. who loved their first match, and yeah. there was nothing in that match that made me go, you know what? I was wrong. So yeah. back to the drawing board. Let's maybe move this belt on to Britt Baker or somebody like that where it can be a little bit more dynamic. Again, love Sheeta. Glad she was champion. She's been champion for we're looking at six months now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's not a terrible time to move that belt on, especially because the women's title has been a little bit more liquid than the other belts in AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Nevertheless, that then led to the AEW tag team title match. The champions FTR Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood defending against the Young Bucks of Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. If the Young Bucks were to lose, they would never challenge for the AEW World Tag Team titles ever again. And the Bucks end up pulling it out in a match that was a very good 22, 25 minute match that went 30 and change. Yeah, I was going to ask what the total count was on that because yeah. it was definitely way too long. Um you know, uh, is is this what people thought would happen when, you know, you have the EVPs being the elite, no pun intended, um, you know, putting their own matches together? Uh, somebody, and I guess that somebody has to be Tony, has to say, hey, well, you know, why don't we why don't we trim uh, trim five minutes off that match or ten minutes off that match? You know, I, I don't think every because. <sighs> It's hard because a lot of these these guys are all super talented. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And no, we no, know no. that Great. they can put on two amazing teams. 
I, we know that they can put on great barn burner match, matches, but not every match has to be a fucking 25 minute plus epic. Right. Right. I would I would have for this match especially, I would have rather it been 15 to 20 of just nonstop shit kickery as opposed to leave me wanting more. Yeah. And there was some melodrama here. And, you know, the bit with Dax's hand uh, was was heightened. I guess that was kind of like a a happy. Well, not happy because he got injured, but like a a circumstance that added to, you know, it's like hard way blood. It, it, It can work out really well. Yeah, and I think and I think it did because they started attacking the hand and everything. Right. Um, but yeah, for for this dream match that had been all these years hyped up of when it actually happens, when it actually happens, and maybe that worked against it as well. Um, you know, maybe they were trying too hard to make the perfect match. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, in I, doing so, you know, they just they were just th- they threw in too many ingredients. Yeah, and, and and I will say to me the other part where I was like. Uh, was I get that the Bucks and FTR especially want to be like, look, we love tag wrestling. We're going to shout at every single tag wrestling combo, you know, and love at a point you go from, this is a professional wrestling match to this is fucking tag wrestling, cosplay tag wrestling, fantasy camp, whatever you want to call it. Because there was a point where it was just like, all right, I fucking get it. You watch the network. Congratulations. Yeah. You yeah, you I, know you know who the Steiners are and you know who the Heart Foundation are. You know who the Midnight Express are. Fucking cool. Do something. Like yeah. make make me believe it. And and that more than anything is actually why I loved the finish. Because the finish was one of the few non-masturbatory character focused moments in the entire match where they broke their mantra exactly where after years and years and years of saying no flips just fists uh it was uh cash yeah dash got so pissed uh, uh yes cash he got so pissed off he kicked matt in the face and went fuck it i'm doing a 450 which by the way if you're just like i'm gonna do a flip now Congratulations for going straight to like fucking quantum physics in the yeah. flip world. You know, I'm going to hit a, a springboard 450. He hits it. Not bad, actually. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> impressive. He's not a small guy. Uh, but Compact. Matt gets out of the way, hits a super kick because, of course, the young bucks hit super kicks. And yeah. that was our finish. I loved the finish. I thought it was a great finish. But it's just like you need to 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 quote friend of the show, Brandon Chalmers in life. You need a no guy. You need one person in your, in your, in your circle of friends or in, in your, even in your business who will just pull you aside and go, yeah, no, you don't, you don't, you don't need to do that. No, that's, that's a bad idea. That's too much. You you don't need to buy that, that beach house. You don't need to to buy the Lambo. You don't need that. Right. Get get you a really nice Honda. (laughs) Just make that work. Get you a really nice one. Spring for an Acura. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, uh, the, yes. the Oldsmobile uh, of cars. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with all that. Yes. Did I really need to see a callback to the revival versus American Alpha, uh, or was it DIY? Was which one was it? It was DIY where they had the they were both in the finishing moves. Uh, that, and was like DIY. Hands. that was the that DIY. Was DIY. One. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, it was cute. <laughs> sure but, but i should not respond to your professional wrestling match going oh that's cute yeah <laughs> yeah yeah this this and, is... and, I, and i say this is a guy who like i love comedy wrestling i love all these different things but 
there was just so much of this opportunity and you could tell all four guys had been thinking for the past four years, oh man, we can do this. Oh man, we can do that. Yeah. But no right. no one went, okay, you've got 20 ideas. What are the top right. 15? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had they each had their own outlines and they just yeah. like shuffled them together. Yeah. And yeah. nobody thought to eliminate anything. Yeah. Uh yeah. It, it was there was there was too much going on there. It was well performed. Right. It was, you know, uh, well executed. Yeah, I, I've I've seen people more and more lately, uh, including those who have worked with them, say that. And and this is high praise, but I it'll make sense as I get more into it. Some people have described the Bucks as being the Michael Jordans of professional wrestling in terms of just executing everything at yeah. this unbelievable level consistently. I can't argue it because their execution, even with uh, Matt apparently having a totally fucked leg, it's yeah. out of this world. They yeah. can't cut a promo worth dick, but their 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 in ring abilities are unrivaled in the world of tag teams. Yeah. And Nick Jackson, best hot tag in the business. Yeah, yeah, can't take that away from him. And it was on uh, showcase here. And FTR are great fucking heels. They they are they are so good. You know, for as as great as you can talk about a hot tag, they're so good, so good at cutting a team off at the right time mm-hmm. and working the corners and all these things. Can't take a single moment away from them. However, you don't throw all the ingredients in the sandwich, man. Yeah, yeah, you're you're making a pot of gumbo and you just like empty every spice in the in the fucking cabinet into your gumbo, and you're like, yeah. why is there cinnamon in my fucking gumbo? You know, it it it, it doesn't it doesn't mesh well, and yeah. you know. As uh, as hyped up as it was, and as excited as we were for it, it you know it over it overreached and under undermet those I, those expectations. As always in life, under promise, over deliver. Yeah, and this over promised and over delivered to its detriment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Plus the fact that the build wasn't what we needed it to be right, either. So right. yeah, I would say the first meeting of these two legendary tag teams, you know, people, a lot of people are raving. We we kind of were like, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. If you loved it, awesome. Just not our taste. Anyway, uh, as kind of the cool down between that and the world title match, we had the elite deletion. And this was a tale of two cinematic matches. I got to say, I liked one of them and I didn't really care for the other. This should be the last one of these. (laughs) (laughs) Can can we, can can we, can we agree that it's run its course? Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the first half of the match where it was all outside on the Hardy compound and the, the, you know, they're doing the things with the, the golf cart and the monster truck and, you had uh, Hurricane Helms and Gangrel pop up along right. with Private Party and the Inner Circle. I was cool with it. I was like, oh, this is silly and ridiculous fun. And, you know, it's it's callbacks to all these different things. And yeah. uh, I now know what it must have looked like when Private Party and, and Proud and Powerful were backyard wrestling. Like, Yeah, <laughs> legitimately backyard yeah, wrestling. Yeah, because they're literally wrestling in fucking uh, warm-up suits. Like, yeah. okay, I get it. Cool, cool, cool. And then we had the Dome of Deletion part. Right. Which kind of felt like a wrestling snuff film. Yeah, it was... It, it was, was real uncomfortable at times. Right. 
and you know there were callbacks aplenty to you know before they even got in there to Skarsgård the dilapidated boat into the uh, mower of lawns and the uh, chair of rocking or whatever the fuck it was yeah. all these different stupid things the piano caskets tables ladders oh my um, there was a callback to the spot from the last pay per view where Matt concussed himself or didn't concuss himself depending on who you ask right. um, where you know he gets sent through two tables and then they uh, cut to him and then there's a big puddle of blood behind him which I would imagine uh, was not real um, but certainly you know, hope not certainly yeah certain, certainly hope so um, I just it didn't didn't really do it for me I know I, I don't know I don't know what it was with me I was part of my problem I was tired Yesterday, yeah. like I was yawning, you know, on my way to, to Derek's house to watch this thing. And I was just like, ah, oh, shit, should I get caffeine <laughs> yeah. to get through this? Because I had a, like a, I had a trivia game yesterday and then I my mom, had to help my mom move some furniture. So I was like physically tired. I wasn't really fucking feeling it. But I, I you know, went to watch it anyway. And I feel like that hindered my enjoyment of the show to a certain extent, yeah. um, especially once it gets into these later uh yeah, matches we, we were looking at 11 o'clock at night yeah by this point i know <laughs> yeah, yeah you know uh a lot it was, it was a lot but yeah this this i think i think matt hardy should just be a manager i'm sorry yeah, uh, he's a super yeah. nice guy he's done a lot he's accomplished a lot you know uh he my thing is the ids <laughs> why why is he why is he doing this why is he putting his body through this? Like we were, we were talking about it last night and uh, Derek and Russell and Eric were talking about, um, you know, when uh, Matt Hardy was at MCW, he was charging $5 for an autograph. Five they, bucks? Five bucks. And they asked him why. And he said, I made my money. This is just for gas money. Like the guy is fucking set for life. If I'm that loaded and you just looked at his fucking big house. Big money, Matt. Big money. Yeah. I mean, the guy is a multimillionaire. Yeah. You know, um, why, if I'm that, I don't know if I love anything that much to put my body through what he continues to do. Yeah. And the fact that he's continuing to do that, it shows because just watching him limp along and, you know, trying to do these, you know, chain wrestling moves in the ring and stuff like that. It's like, stop, just yeah. manage private party. You know, show them the ropes, help teach people. You and Dustin lead the classes or whatever. He, he's great with character work. But and even that the whole uh, broken thing is kind of I'm over it. Um, yeah. I, don't, I, you know, I don't know. It, it, this didn't this didn't do it for me. And that I'm kind of I'm over it. Yeah. Well, uh, right before the world title match, we had the battle between MJF and Chris Jericho. Uh, when if uh, MJF were to win, he would get to join the inner circle. Very surprised that this was semi-main. Did not think that. Yeah, I thought be. this was going to be much earlier in the card. Yeah, I, I I honestly thought it might have kicked off the show. Um, but I I thought this was uh, an interesting and fun match. Um, Jericho really put MJF over huge here. Yes, um, it was very heel versus heel. Even though the crowd loved Chris Jericho, uh, and the finish I thought was really fun. Uh, Wardlow comes out with the ring. Mm -hmm. uh, Wardlow is just d distracting the ref. So Jake Hager on the outside tosses the bat to Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. MJF 
does the old Eddie Guerrero fake out, yep. drops down. Uh, the ref looks over, notices, gets in an argument with Jericho. MJF rolls up, has a handful of tights, gets the win. So basically, yeah. the the young crafty mind outthought the old crafty mind is is what yeah. happened there. Yeah, which is exactly what you know Chris was saying that he needed to do. Yeah. He needed to find that edge, and you know he did in 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 doing so. Beat Chris Jericho and worked his way into the inner circle. So now, and you know, looking at it, this is where the story you know gets interesting, right? Because uh, how is this going to play out? Already Santana. And is it Santana? Uh, I forget which Ortiz one. Ortiz and Sammy. It's Ortiz. Yeah, Santana Ortiz. is Switzerland and all of this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ortiz <laughs> and Sammy are are anti MJF, who comes with Wardlow now. Yes. Uh, and then you also have Jake Hager and Wardlow, who have been staring each other down for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So now it's kind of um, you know uh, sowing more seeds of dissent and then laying groundwork to explode the inner circle from the inside yeah. uh, is what MJF will end up doing. So uh, storyline wise, this is where you, you're going to get the the juice out of your squeeze um mm-hmm. so it made the most sense uh the match was fine the, the best and funniest part of the match for me was chris jericho being billed at 235 <laughs> sure chris yep sure yeah, yeah. i'm i'm billed at 180 okay yeah. let's, he, let's... He, he just he's gonna drop 30 pounds and join 205 live when he, yeah uh, when he wraps sure. up AEW. sure chris okay <laughs> sure it's training for speed chris <laughs> uh, and then we had our main event. It was an I quit match. John Moxley defending the AEW world title against Eddie Kingston. Um, I don't know where you sat with this, Chris, because I, I know you uh, get a bit. Uh, I don't love out, all the ultra violence. Yeah, you don't like the, the gore. You don't like the gore. I loved this match. I, <laughs> I, it, it was an encapsulation of. Everything those guys have been known for. There was incredible character work. There was, as we've seen, whether in uh, Eddie Kingston, pretty much uh, adoring and loving professional wrestling to the point of wearing gear that shouts out one of his favorite wrestlers of all time uh, in mm-hmm. Mitsuharu Musawa on Saturday night, or John Moxley who's actually gone and done the G1. You know, there was there was the stiff strikes and and uh, I a gotch style pile driver with a shout out to Minoru Suzuki. Yes, very very nice. Uh, to the fact that, you know, John Moxley made his name in death matches. So here comes thumbtacks. Here comes barbed wire. Uh, here comes some overall grossness and some sassy tweets from, uh, Renee young over the course of the match. Um, I, I thought this was tremendous and I am now at a point in November, 2020, where I am going to say something I didn't expect to say at the top of the year. I think John Moxley is in the running as one of the best, if not the best Pro wrestler of the year. Well, according to PWI, it was. Uh, so, true, you know, true. Uh, I guess maybe I'm not going out on that far of a ledge. <laughs> but but in, in terms of uh, being the complete package, the total yeah. package of just, you know, one of the best promo guys, I don't think anybody would argue with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a natural feel to his promos. Sure, he does the shoulder thing a little too much, yeah. um, but that's just a minor quibble because the content is there, the delivery is there, yeah. um, the you know the the, the um, inflection. Everything about his promos are great. In ring, he can work you know any style. 
he'll wrestle, he'll deathmatch you, he'll, you know, hit a big move or two. He, he can, he has an answer for any kind of uh, attack that you're going to throw at him. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't disagree. It's been a hell of a year for him. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I thought that this could be a big crowning moment for AEW and especially for Eddie Kingston. I, I picked Eddie to win here. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, uh, Moxley's had the title since, what, February? That revolution, yes. he won yes. it. Um, so that's nine months. Um, yeah. That's a good reign. He's had a great, great run with it. The way that the story uh, had been, you know, told about Eddie with, you know, the promise to his mother and how mm-hmm. how much this title means to Eddie and how it's everything. Yeah. And also the behind the scenes fact that it sure looks like that John Moxie is going to be heading to Japan in a couple weeks to to quarantine for for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I um, thought that unless, it, of course. Kenta, who's going to be in town in December, decides to pop up somewhere else. Oh, so you think Kenta shows? You think Kenta cashes in his his briefcase on AEW? I wouldn't be shocked, man. Because you know, uh, the, as we know right now, the the John Moxley's deal is that he can do New Japan stuff, provided it's not in the states. But I guess if New Japan and AEW have worked out some kind of agreement, that uh, is a different situation. And, and anything's possible in twenty twenty slash twenty twenty one. We we will see. I will say, for me, the fact that Omega One kind of telegraphed that Moxley would be winning because you know we, we finally get the payoff from Full Gear last year of having the Omega Moxley match this time with the belt of the line. But it was a full-on coming-out party of Eddie Kingston. If you didn't know before, now you know. Eddie Kingston brings an unreal level of performance to his matches, and I don't mean performances in finesse. I mean, performance as in he is living the moment there, whether it was small things like when he's wrapping his hand in barbed wire and he's selling every barb going into his hand to yelling at Bryce. And because of the fact that he and Bryce had had promos leading up to this show, I mean, when was the last time outside of, say, Red Shoes and Red Shoes? It's a lot more of like he's sort of a, a Bugs Bunny type character yeah. in New yeah, Japan. When was the last time you gave a shit about the emotional through point of the referee as someone who goes, these are my coworkers. These are my friends. I don't want to see this happening. Like when was the last time you gave a, a shit enough about what the ref thought when I Nick Patrick was in the NWO? That's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty yeah. much it. Like I gave a shit that Bryce was seeing his friend get the shit beat out of him on national television. And that finish where you have fucking Kingston legit crying while in the bulldog choke with barbed wire, which yeah, gross as fuck finish. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if there were Oscars for pro wrestling, Eddie Kingston got it right there. Yeah, no, his his performance, everything about it, like you said, he he totally was 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 in the moment, and every little thing mattered and advanced the story. It was it was really good, and I was uh, you know to that point, I was hoping that he would he would get the title, but uh, again, I was wrong on that one. Um, you know, and like you said, Omega Mox does make sense to go through, uh, but it seemed like there was definitely a chance that yeah. that Eddie would have yeah. would have gotten it, and it would have been a big thing for AEW too. Yeah, no, I, I I would have been doing this episode in the nude had Eddie <laughs> Kingston won. That, that, that is some serious, like, fantasy world shit. But you know yeah. what? 
I, I, I cast in my fantasy world once this week. We're good. Um, <laughs> because, with the Undertaker. Yeah, uh, because the, the Undertaker's fucking gone. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, nothing else happened this yeah, week. Nothing else happened this week. Certainly nothing momentous so that we would give a shit about. Um, oh, no. Uh, post show, uh, you know, we, we have a very interesting dynamite this week, including getting, uh, Phoenix versus Penta round two. That's all uh, I care about. Yeah. We also found out that, um, we are going to see some momentous dynamites in the forthcoming weeks because, uh, we're not going to see a pay-per-view until February as mm-hmm. revolution will be coming back. Who knows where it'll be held? Probably Jacksonville. Yeah. And, um, Tony Khan did mention in the post show scrum that uh, we will have quote unquote beach break shows as opposed to bash at the beach. Cause they can't use that name anymore. Oh, really? Did they file a WWE file a trademark on that again? Yes. Yes. But what a bunch of what, sore losers. What could be most interesting is uh, if Sad. you, if you're in the Venn diagram, which for probably a lot of people is a circle of being a pro wrestling nerd and a video game nerd, Tuesday night, we are supposed to get the first official announcement related to AEW games. And Tony Khan has already hinted a bit and kind of uh, confirmed what everyone thought was in the works anyway. It sounds like there's two games, one for mobile, which will be a booking simulator. And, Interesting. And a console game, which will uh, more than likely be sort of a, a, a modern version of... Uh, WCW NWO Revenge or WWF No Mercy or that sort of thing because that's what Kenny Omega has been rambling about for pro wrestling needing for the, uh, easily five years in interviews. Okay, all right, so, sure. Uh, okay, so maybe maybe if I ever buy a console again, I'll. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I I look forward to seeing you book a company into the ground on your phone. It's going to be tremendous. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give ninety percent of my uh, budget to Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and spread the ten percent around every, everywhere else, and have them fight for it. Chris's Chris's roster is two people: Pentagon and Abushi. That's it. <laughs> and they all get for the, two very, very, yeah. very different reasons. I, well, sorry, it's three people: it's Pentagon, Abushi, and a naked, greased-up Chris. <laughs> Can you create some money in this? Because if so, yeah, and it wouldn't be grease; it would it would be lube. <laughs> The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided Movie Trivia Games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. This is WWE Chairman Vince McMahon. Well, the whole be a star thing didn't pan out. So be a dick. Bounce that little shit's head off a locker. How about a swirly, you little four-eyed bitch? Oh, is that your asthma inhaler? It's mine now. Oh, looks like you got a big tray full of food. It's up in the air. Be a dick.
Oh, that kid can't afford the same type of clothing that you have? The high-end, fashionable stuff all the popular kids are wearing? Yank his headgear out! Be a dick! You don't play sports? What a little bitch! Smack him in the ass and pull his underwear over his head! Be a dick! Oh, look at the little math genius, the math lead, trying to take wee-wee number one with your little candy corn dick. Time for a swirly. Drinking your own little peanut dick juices, dork. Be a dick. <laughs>